Hear the stories of men and women switching hustles and escaping the odds through entrepreneurship after prison. Not only will these stories inspire you, but also unlock business tips for financial freedom. Let's get it. Thank you all for tuning in to another dope episode of Escaping the Odds podcast. I am your host, Aaron Smith, where I interview the formerly incarcerated who are now successful entrepreneurs. Today, I have the pleasure to sit down with my brother, Mr. Ed Hennon, the comeback coach himself. Uh, flew down to Chicago from Milwaukee to uh, really get inspiring and give us a game today. So definitely want to be able to get his story, um, educate us, and again, inspire. So welcome to the show, bro. Man, uh, it's an honor to be here, man. I, I've been watching the show and see some of the phenomenal people you done had on the show, man. Yeah. So just to be on that that roster, man, no, that's man, what's man, up, man. You've been, you been killing it. Appreciate you coming on. Sure, yeah. man. Kind of. We tried last year. Yeah. But some technical difficulties, yeah, so I'm like, no I got to get you back on. You know what I mean? I see you on YouTube, not YouTube, but Facebook and Instagram as a whole, just kind of killing the game, especially with the, with the uh, speaking uh, every morning, man, the motivation, man. I think it's really changing people's lives, man. So I uh, want to get into that, but also before we jump into that, get into your backstory. You spent a significant amount of time incarcerated, so we can kind of talk about that you know, as your whole backstory, like where you are today. Okay, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I have. I spent 20 years in prison. From June 11th of 96 to October 18th, 2016, yeah, I was incarcerated. So I've been home five years now. Um, just this past October, wow. made five years since I've been home. Wow. And so all the accomplishments you have going on, you got the, the trucking company. Yes. Um, the, the public speaking and the coaching. Yes. Did you imagine any of that while you were incarcerated? Because you went in as a, what, a 20-year-old? 20 24-year-old. Year old. Yeah, young, young Came man, out 44. Right? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So did you imagine that? No, I'm just, you know, just being realistic. You know, you behind bars. You know, I took a barber and cosmetology course. Okay. So while I'm taking this course, I'm saying to myself, okay, upon my release, when I get out of here, I'm going to give my, it's probably going to take me about five years at least, you know, to save up, to get myself situated, and then I can open my own business, you know, five years after being out. And that's yeah. my realistic goal. Yeah. But just being on the grind and getting out and understanding that, that you just got to stay with it. Within a year, I was op I was able to open my own barbershop. Wow, wow. So from that barbershop, kind of parlayed into the other things that you're doing now. Yes, right. most definitely. I um, had a client come in to get a haircut. Okay. And he had bought him a truck. And he was just like, man, I bought this truck. And I'm rolling and I'm doing this. And, I'm, and he started talking about the type of money he was making. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, yeah. I think I'm in the wrong right. business. <laughs> And, you know, by the time he came back and got his next haircut, man, I had bought me a truck, parked it in front of the shop, wow. and couldn't wait for him to come back. So, it was so like, how long of a time that was? You say, wait, next time you got a haircut, you probably came back, what, the next week? Yeah, two like, weeks? yeah, maybe two weeks tops. Okay, okay. You know, I had bought my truck, man. I paid $7,500 for that truck. Oh, wow. Box you know, truck. A box truck. Right. A 26-footer. Good, good luck finding that price today. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's right. the, 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 the cover is blown. Exactly. <laughs> everybody knows. <laughs> this was about four years ago, so okay. everybody kind of know about the trucking business now. It's it's sexy. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing to do, so it wasn't as popular as it is now. Yeah. You know, so everybody's kind of know that yeah. transportation is is a lucrative business, and yeah. I, I tell everybody, I think everybody should have at least one truck. At least one truck. Yeah, yeah at I least agree. one. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so let's kind of go back into your your incarceration. Uh, you mind talking about what led to that twenty year sentence? Yes, without a doubt. Um, just growing up in the urban communities, um, you know, you kind of grasp on to um, 
the 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 mentality. You kind of grasp the um the laws and the rules that they have set for you. And when you start doing that, then you start living by these these laws and these rules. And you know so much of the music. You yeah. know they call it the toxic masculinity era of the yeah. '90s uh-huh. that I grew up under. And uh, listening to all the guys um, talk about how you should move and conduct yourself. And once you buy into that wholeheartedly, man, it becomes your way of life. Yeah. And I think I got to a point at about 17, 18, 19, where this became my way of life, man. Yeah. And uh, um, um, my uncle, he had some drama in the neighborhood. He had some neighborhood beef. Yeah. And the beef escalated to a lot of um, fighting, a lot of shooting. And one particular day, he came to me and asked me to aid and assist him mm-hmm. in some beef, in that, in that same beef that he was having. And I entered into that beef. And needless to say, I didn't walk away. Yeah. Um, and I ended up shooting the guy because I thought he was going after my uncle. Yeah. And he wasn't coming after me. He was going after my uncle. So I ended up shooting him. And he, he didn't make it. And I went to prison facing the rest of my life. Wow. And so uh, walk us through that, that whole process, man, of 24 years old. Um, you just, you know, um, killed a man, right? Yeah. And so now you're in that cell. Yeah. And they're talking about life sentence with no possibility of parole. Like, how does a person even register that? Like, as someone, this is your first case, right? Yeah, never first been time. incarcerated. Never right? been so, incarcerated before. So yeah, what 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 was that? What was your thought like? Um, just hearing you say it now, sitting here, you know, it give you chills. Yeah. And I work with so many people, and I I just know how close and how fine that line is mm-hmm. to the life that you live in, and it's like opening the door cracking it. You just crack the door. You don't know what's on the other side. It might be a bull. So, you know, that bull can rush you through the door and you say, man, I just cracked the door. But leave that door shut. But just to go back to how I felt, um, I'm sitting in a holding cell and you know, that's a brick. Mm -hmm. You sitting on that brick. It's not any cushion or anything like that. You sitting on a brick, man. Man, And and then, you know, I kind of dozed off that night. And then it was about maybe 12, 1 in the morning, and I heard some paper slid under the door. Mm-hmm. And I got up to see what the paper said, and I looked, and it said, first degree intentional homicide, mandatory life sentence. Mm. And I was sitting, I just stood there. I don't, I, and right now, I think I was in a fog. Mm-hmm. I think I couldn't feel my legs. I don't, man, all I know is the that feeling right there, you know, you can watch TV. You can watch Law and Order. Yeah. You can watch so many of that, these right? cop shows <laughs> and these crime shows, and none of it does it any justice. Yeah. You can't even put this into words, the feeling that I had that night. And I just felt like I was, um, it was over for me. Yeah. You know, I had threw in the towel. Yeah. When I seen that, it was over. Yeah. I would never see the streets again. Wow. I would never be on a podcast, yeah. any of these things like this. This would never happen for mm-hmm. me that night. Yeah. If you go back to June 11, 1996, it was curtains. Wow. And so how did you get out of that defeated mentality of, of my life is over with? Um, that night, like I said, I spent that night, you know, I sat up and my mom came to see me the next day. Okay. And my mom was asking me what happened. And I didn't want to a- answer any of those questions. Yeah. Like, it's no, what are you asking me this for? It's over. Yeah. You know, I, I, I thrown in the towel and she was just like, what happened? You know how mom can be. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. she kind of bucked up. Yeah, yeah. You know, she on the other end of that phone, yeah. on the other side of that glass. And she right. like, what happened? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, this happened, this happened. She's like, well, you, we got to get you a lawyer. We got to do this. And she start immediately making plans to yeah, fight. Yeah, exactly. 
Gave you know what was, what I was charged with. Yeah. So I rolled with it, and then the more and more I listened, the more and more I got like, okay, yeah. okay, I might have a glimmer. Yeah. You know, I might have a glimmer of hope. Okay, and and, and that that glimmer of hope, I grabbed it. Yeah, yeah. And just that glimmer of hope, man, I, I took it and I ran with it, and I and I just held on to it as long as I could. Yeah, and that, that glimmer of hope was the actual life with parole, or did they give you a number? Okay, I went to trial. And I went into trial with that glimmer of hope. Um, I didn't get a plea bargain. Okay. I didn't get anything like that. I had to go to trial. And I went to trial facing life. And when that jury went in the back to deliberate okay. on whether I was going to ever see the streets again, man, they put me back in another holding cell. Yeah. And I waited. And I think I paced back and forth, man. I might have walked a hole in that ground oh, yeah. waiting for that jury to come back. And that was even worse than the feeling of reading that paper because yeah. I'm waiting. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting for the jury to come back with a verdict. And they finally came and put that key in that door and said, Henny, go back in the courtroom, right. man. And, and watching the green mile, and you walking that mile, so, you walking. Man, this is devastating. So you knew you were, you were guilty already. You were just waiting for the sentencing phase of it. I hadn't even got to that point yet. I went okay. to trial. I pleaded self-defense, okay. self-defense of others. Okay, gotcha. So the jury was coming back with a verdict okay, gotcha. on okay. whether I was guilty of what they charged me with. Okay, okay. And, you know, through grace and mercy, man, I went back in that courtroom, and the jury had found me guilty of a lesser-included offense. Mm. So they didn't find me guilty of first-degree intentional homicide. Yeah. They found me guilty of first-degree reckless homicide, right. which I had a right to defend, but I overdid it. Okay. Like, I was supposed to stop at a certain point, okay. but I kept going. Okay. So I was, the jury found me guilty of uh, first-degree reckless homicide, which carried a maximum sentence of 40 years. Mm. So, um, and just to give you some insight on how this ritual goes when you go to trial, and when you come back from trial, and you come back onto your pod or your unit from trial, mm -hmm. most of the time, everybody is locked in a cell. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, people are not mixing and mingling when you come back. They're in a cell. But somebody will yell out of the cell, what happened? Yeah. So going through this ritual, because I was in the county jail six months waiting trial. Mm -hmm. So when everybody came back from trial, this ritual went on. Yeah. So they said, what happened? And I said, first degree reckless. So at that point, People kicking the doors and yeah. yelling and screaming because they, they happy. Chance, yeah. They happy I didn't get convicted of a life sentence. Exactly, yeah. So to make a long story short, the next couple of weeks, as I was headed up north to go to prison, yeah. another guy that was on the pod, he had a homicide as well. Yeah. And he had to go to trial. And when he came back, that same ritual played out. Yeah. Hey, what you get? Total silence. Mm. So that lets you know what he got yeah, without yeah. even saying it. Right. So the whole cell hall, the whole pod, the whole unit was totally silent. Mm. So at that point, I just walked back and sit on my, my bunk, on my brick, on my slab. And I know right then, like, man, you know, let me count my blessings, yeah, man. Go, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm finna go get sentenced. Mm. And when I went and got sentenced, I got 40 years. Yeah. And I came back and people was angry because I got maxed out. Yeah. But I was still thinking about... The guy that went to trial before me, yeah. after me, yeah. and got convicted of a life sentence. Always so could just, be worse. That's right. Always could be worse. That's right. Did you ever think about, like, had you not accepted responsibility and just went to trial, like, I didn't do it? Yeah. Opposed to going, going to trial and saying, okay, I did it, but it was under these circumstances. Yeah. You wouldn't have given the jury that option to say, okay, lesser included offense. They might would have came back like, 
straight life sentence. You are 100% correct. First degree homicide. 100% correct. If yeah. I wouldn't have went in there and took accountability yeah. and owned up to it and said, but I was reacting to what I thought was going to be harm to another person. Yeah. As opposed to me saying, I didn't do anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I think that kind of played out. Yeah, for sure. You know. I, I noticed that uh, as I look at a lot of your, your Facebook videos, a lot of your messaging is around accountability. Yes. You know what I mean? And so yes. can you can you speak to that, how important that is for the men and women on the outside to um, have that accountability? Like whether it's in business, whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's very important. Um, blame, 99.9% .9 of the time, is not going to get you anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I was always taught, even in the streets, was that um, if somebody outslick you, yeah, that's your fault. Mm. You know, um, you got to get sharper. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how I was introduced to life. Like, mm -hmm. um, if somebody is smarter than you, that's not their fault. That's your fault. Mm -hmm. So accountability has always been a part of my life. And I think I got in bad positions when I tried to run away from it. Mm -hmm. When I tried to run away from accountability yeah. and put blame or not take responsibility, I got in, um, I made bad situations worse. Yeah. So with me in that live knowledge, I now can tell somebody straight up, you need to take accountability because yeah. then that's when things start to get better. That's when you start to get better. You know, you start to take look at your experiences with a different perspective mm -hmm. as opposed to, um, because there's a lot of angry people. People are walking around talking about their relationships fail, they're angry, yeah. they didn't make it in their career choice, they're angry. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what did you learn? You didn't learn anything because you haven't taken accountability. You just got angry. Yeah. You know, so all of these things you've experienced in life, you didn't learn anything. You just became angrier and angrier. Now you're a 50, 60-year-old angry person. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, man, and these things happen to teach you something, mm -hmm. for you to learn, for you to grow. Yeah. But if you just get angry, there won't be no growth. Now, all the things you learn throughout your life, this whole experience, right? Created who you are, this whole story. So, yeah. as a public speaker, uh, you you kind of coined the phrase that every uh, speaker now is like being a rapper. Yeah, everybody wants yeah. to do it, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah. how do you uh, unpack your story to um, be inviting to your audience so you can get those speaking engagements? Yeah, um, the thing about it is, is um, the mountain in front of you, you got to move it because somebody's watching. So early on in my time in prison, I embraced my journey. See, this is yeah. all by design. Yeah. This, well, me sitting here today talking to you was something that I envisioned. Mm. I envisioned saying, you know what? I have to be the guy that do the time, yeah. get out and be successful. Yeah. I have to be that guy. Yeah. You know, it's not like me saying, man, I just got out and this fella. No, I, I embraced it my first year in prison. Proactive. I have to do this time. Yeah. I have to get out and be successful yeah. because there's a multitude of people from where we from yeah. and we're all over this world that need to see that mountain climb. Yeah. They need to see that mm -hmm. because I didn't see it. Yeah. But so I know my role and my purpose and I had to I had to I had to embrace it. Yeah. I had to grasp it and become that person. So here I sit. There you go, man. I love it, man. So you got a lot of different businesses going on. Uh, the coaching aspect of uh, the comeback. Comeback coach, correct? Yes, sir. Um, so how did that all start? I know, of course, where it come from, but like, how do you uh, incorporate that into your business and uh, get your clients and just walk us through that? Yeah. Um, 
just understanding business, you know, everybody loves the backstory. Yeah. Every, you know, in business, they want to know where you come from, mm -hmm. you know, what you made of, yeah. you know, if you got that grit, For sure. you know, so um, my, my, my story and my history always becomes front and center. Yeah. You know, I spoke at the governor's mansion. I sp and I spoke at business conferences. Yeah. I've spoken to juvenile centers, but at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, the mountains you climb, mm -hmm. the adversity that you've overcome, um, the challenges that you faced. Everybody wants to know it, you know, yeah. all the way down to the, the, the millionaire business owner. He want to know, you know, what's up with you? Yeah. What you about? So with that being said, um, um, I can proudly now, you know, as a person that has faced the challenges and adversity, I can stand in front of a lot of people in a lot of rooms and say, man, look, um, I hopefully I've displayed, yeah. you know, the character, yeah. you know, the character, because it's the big three for me. Um, when we grow up, it's um, you so smart, mm -hmm. you so talented, you so cute. <laughs> but really the big three is you got good character. Mm -hmm. You got a strong work ethic. You respect your fellow man. Those are really the big three. Yeah. Because if you put somebody in a room with great character, strong work ethic, and respect their fellow man, yeah. in a room with people that only have talent, yeah. intelligence, and looks, it's, it's going to be yeah. night and day. Yeah, T.E. So Jakes has a, a saying where he, he speaks and uh, says, your gift will get you there, but your character will keep you. Ooh, that's deep. That, that's, that's, deep. that's so true, man. And that's I, so true. And I spent those 20 years building character. Yeah. You know, things you like granddad. That, no, you can't gotta be built. Yeah, you can't buy that. You gotta build it. Yeah. You know, a lot of things is gifted from up above and from a higher power. Like some people can jump out the gym. Yeah. But if they don't have the character, yeah, you know, they just be some jumping guy. Yeah. And you know what? We we we've seen in the media, man, how a person that talent is there, yeah. but that character is like they lost everything. Yeah. Because of that lack of character, whether it was integrity, whatever it was, yeah. like they couldn't, yeah. they didn't just didn't have it. Yeah. You know what no I mean? Um so what you're speaking, man, like what's what's next with that? Uh, what do you have going on? I know you got the box truck uh, course that you're actually putting together. I think mm -hmm. that's phenom phenomenal, as you stated earlier, like that's the new sexy industry. And everybody mm -hmm. should at least have one box yeah. truck. So if you can talk about that and also like your what, what you got going next with speaking as well. Okay, I'm going to start with the box trucks. Um, it's amazing how um, when I started my business in the trucking industry, um, I started out with one truck. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, within a year, I had five. But I had grew too fast, and I had to come back down mm. because it was um, a lot of things we ain't prepared for. There you go. You know, the yeah. demand with five trucks was yeah. tremendous. Yeah. I was like, whoa. So I learned even myself going through that process, and I passed that message on. But it's amazing how many times that um, I got questions about the trucking business because mm. in my community, people are like, man, you came up off of them trucks. You're doing good with the trucks. Yeah. Put me in the game. Teach me the game. Right. And then I'm like, okay, man, I'll show you. But as soon as you say, I'm going to show you the game, then you don't hear from them anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing right now with the knowledge of, yeah. of businesses. You know, it's no shortage of great ideas. Yeah. It's no shortage of um, great plans. Uh -huh. We short on execution. <laughs> you know, true. it's a lot of people that know the game that yeah. can't execute it. Yeah. So that's the part where I try to um, deal with individuals and say, I can give you this trucking game. I can teach you everything from the LLC to the EIN to your MC, your DOT, all of these things, but you yeah. got to execute it. Right. You know, at the end of the day, you got to execute. So that's one thing. But with speaking and coaching, man, I see the guys that's in the game. And, you know, a lot of us that come from where we come from, our story's organic. Mm -hmm. 
We don't have to make anything up. Yeah. We don't have to spend countless hours at night trying to think. Our experiences is right there. Yeah. You got to tap into it. It's got to tap into it and yeah. get the purpose. Out mm-hmm. of each experience, there's a lesson in yeah. it. Yeah. And being able to articulate that is the thing. But I see a lot of people in the speaking in the speaking game, mm-hmm. and the thing about it with um, so much of speaking, like I said about music, mm-hmm. um, you have to be able to um, go in and be something different. You know, you got to go in and be be you, yeah. because it's a space that you only can feel. Yeah. It's an audience that only can feel you. You know, so if I go in front of um, a certain group of people, they might not feel me. Yeah. But if I know for a fact if I go in front of a certain group of people, I'm the best speaker they ever heard in their life. Yeah. And those are the people that I target. Yeah. Those are the people that I speak to. So so how are you able to actually identify th- that demographic? Because starting out, you may just not know. You know? Right. So how, yeah. how, how do you pinpoint or target that, that group? Um, it's going to be based upon your experience. Okay. It's going to be based upon your experiences in life. Um, I can't go to some billionaire tycoon. Mm-hmm. And start talking business. I don't have any experience in that. Yeah. That's like with prison reentry. Yeah. There's some old lady that never got in trouble in her life yeah. that's right now in front of a group of people that did 25 years yeah. and telling them how to reenter into society mm-hmm. from prison. Yeah. And that's, you yeah. can't do it. Yeah. You can't do it. You know, that's like me telling Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan how to win the championship. Yeah. I've never been there. I don't know. Yeah. But the things that I have experienced in life, the things that I've lived, I know I can sit in front of anybody and, and deliver yeah. a message, and deliver some motivation and some knowledge how to do it. Yeah, as you stated earlier, it's, it's authentic. You know your story, and if you don't know, you'll get to know it once you know. That's you right. Kind of figure it out. You tap <laughs> Quit practice, it, exactly. You know exactly. So to be able to deliver something articulate and be able to touch and inspire some lives, yeah. you're definitely doing that, man. Like I say, man, uh, since I met you, man, nothing but positivity, man. We've been kind of bumping into each other in a good way, you know. No I know if I'm in a room with you and you're in a room with me, we're in the right place. That's right. You know no doubt. I mean? So no I definitely doubt. appreciate, no man, the, the yeah. camaraderie, man, just kind of seeing you elevating your growth. And yeah. so um, yeah. love to kind of see what's happening with 2022 for you. Yeah. What you got going on next year? Man, um, like you just spoke about the speaking, man. I got, I had a barbershop and beauty salon, which I recently sold. Okay. I got the trucking business. Um, but the speaking and coaching and mentoring is something that I've done, but I've had these other entities. Yeah going on as well. I think for people that I see that's really successful at what they do, they have gotten rid of everything that's on the outside and they put 1,000% into what it is they do. And although I have been making some headway in speaking and mentoring, Mm -hmm. I haven't gave it, I haven't given it um, the 100%. I haven't given it eight to 10 hours a day. And I think that's what 2022 holds for me is, Eight, 10 hours, 12 hours a day, yeah. I'm going to be speaking, mentoring, and yeah. coaching, man, and really trying to bring some value and impact to this work. Hey, man, I love it, man. You Little do you know, you spoke to my life right there, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, you're, doing, you're doing the work right now. No uh, doubt. For sure, man. So I'm looking forward to hearing some of those speeches, man, and uh, just, just seeing what, what you got in store, man, for 2022. So let the audience know where they can reach you, man, for those speaking engagements or just yeah. however. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you can follow me on social media. I drop daily motivation and inspirational um, posts every day on Facebook at Ed Hennings and on Instagram at Ed Hennings One. And for bookings, for speaking engagements, um, you can hit me at edhennings.com. Well, there you go. Um, another dope episode of Escaping the Odds podcast. 
interviewing a successful brother who spent 20 years incarcerated, came out, killing the game, comeback coach himself. Um, check out this podcast on escapingodds.com. Season 3 also will be on YouTube. Uh, check me out on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, pretty much everywhere. Got the Switch Hustles merchandise. Make sure you all cop that and continue to follow our journey. Uh, thank you. Peace. If you ain't shooting with Love City, I don't know who you shooting with.